We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for the Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron. Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. I am your host, Zach Pearson. I'm usually joined by Aaron Lemming, but Aaron is off this week. He's moving from California to Texas. However, I do have a co-host this week. He's been on the Bear Report Podcast before. He's a writer for the website. Um, I am joined right now as my co-host, Yusaid Koshal. And uh, Yusaid, how's it going, man? It's going well, man. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. I was getting prepared for the show, and I know you and I planned the show for a couple days now, and uh, we kind of had our topics all set up. However, as we're getting ready here to start and um, start recording this podcast, Adam Schefter does what Adam Schefter does and kind of tweets out some big NFL news. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. We're going to cover a lot on um, on this podcast today, we have an interview with NFL draft prospect Kenny Wolekis out of Michigan State. I talked to him about his pre-draft process as he goes into the NFL scouting combine next week in Indianapolis. Um, the Bears also made a move today, a free agent move, as they signed a player that was recently released. And then we're going to talk a little quarterbacks. Um, there's been a couple quarterbacks in the news in regards to the Bears and potentially what could happen with them and the future of the position in Mitchell Trubisky. And we'll kind of wrap everything all up and we'll get into some combine talk as the NFL scouting combine takes place next week. First, let's get into this news that Adam Schefter is reporting. Um, and it's some pretty big news for the NFL, especially the 2020 um, season. So literally just about 15 minutes ago from when we're recording this, Adam Schefter sends out a tweet that says, 
NFL playoff structure is about to be changed under the current CBA proposal. Seven teams from each conference will make the playoffs, one by per conference. Uh, they'll go into effect this upcoming season. Then he later tweeted that it'll be a 17-game schedule for all teams. Preseason shortened by one game. Sounds like the CBA is going to come into effect. It's going to be voted on. Looks like everyone's going to descend into New York tonight to talk about it. What are your thoughts early on on this uh, this news from Schefter? I mean, so for the playoff teams, I'm not really surprised just because I know that in the last couple of years, there was always talk of them potentially doing so. I know that it really ramped up this past uh, postseason. And then just regarding the 17-game schedule, I think that it kind of – I see why the league's doing this because a lot of players just do not play in preseason games anymore. I mean, preseason at this point just become like a scrimmage for third and fourth string guys to get some extra competition. And those are guys you're never going to see in the regular season anyway. Now, the one thing that they're going to have to figure out is the traditional formats, eight at home, eight on the road. So that's 16 games. If you add the 17th game, where are they playing it? How does that impact the scheduling format? Yeah, let's just send everyone to London for a game or New Mexico. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I got to imagine they'll probably alternate like, one team will get a, you know, half the league will get a home game, an extra home game one year. Half the league will get the extra home game the following year. However, though, I could see them doing something kind of crazy where, you know, maybe not, maybe a neutral site, um, maybe a London game. I don't know, maybe a Mexico City game. I was only halfway joking because I wouldn't put anything past the NFL at this point. To your point, though, about the preseason, you're right, man. It's so boring. Like sitting through those Bears, you know, Bills, Bears, Browns fourth preseason game of the year when you have just third stringers that are not going to make it and probably playing the XFL right now. Um, it's, it's so boring. Yeah. People say, Oh, there's roster spots on the line. Pretty much the coaches have their minds made up a lot of times going into that final game. So they do away with it. I'm fine. They could do away with the whole preseason, short it down to two games. I do know 17 games though. <clears throat> it is, it, it doesn't sound like a lot. It's the extra game and it's extra revenue for the league. However, I mean, some players have spoken on Twitter that they're not in favor of the 17th game. Um, they don't really want it. But it doesn't look like they're going to have any choice now. Is this, uh, this does look like it's going to happen pretty soon. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned it's all about the money for the league. I mean, they already make so much money. Like, Super Bowl week brings in so much money for the NFL. And now, like, adding that 17th regular season game, I think it's just going to be another opportunity for the guys, the folks sitting in New York to get more, uh, you know, money in their pockets. It's going to be interesting to kind of see how this plays out because I think the earliest that I see this kind of 17-game schedule taking place would end up being in the – before, like right before the 2021 season is when I see it taking effect. Yeah, and this news coming, you know, right before the combine, the two sides do want to get this CBA done so they don't have to worry about it and it, it kind of drag on through the summer, which also if they do get it done, there could be some other ramifications uh, with it with post-June 1st cuts. Those would essentially go away, things like that, but it's something to kind of keep your eye on moving forward um, as it's likely going to be agreed on pretty soon. That was the big NFL news of the day. The big Bears news of the day is coming. But first, before that, I want to give you guys a read from our new sponsor, CryoFreeze. Living in chronic pain is the worst. It's more than a feeling of discomfort. It can affect your whole entire life. 
Many of my listeners probably have some type of pain that's prevented from relaxing and sleeping, or maybe even have you guys stop exercising. I know I have some pains. I'm only 30. Yeah, I'm dealing with some pains already. Um, and perhaps it's been going on for a couple of weeks like me, and maybe you've used some treatments and nothing's really worked. That's why we're going to enter CryoFreeze Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution CryoFree CBD roll-on developed by Omax Health. This is non-prescription triple action pain relief roll-on is specifically formulated, formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. The best part is this is 100% natural. CBD-powered remedy, and it works its magic within 10 minutes of the application, and relief lasts up to 8 hours. Yep, 8 hours. That's much longer than those over-the-counter products. Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. This discount also applies towards any product site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter code OVERTIME. That's O-M-A-X health.com. Enter code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, to get 20% off cryo-freeze and site-wide. All right, you say uh, the Bears news today. Um, they have made a free agent signing. Yes, free agency does not start until March 17th. However, with the release of Demetrius Harris from the Browns, including a couple other players, the Bears have made a move. Um, they have signed Harris to a one-year deal, reuniting him with Matt Nagy, who he was. Matt Nagy was on the coaching staff while Harris was in Kansas City from 2014 to 2018. Of course, Nagy left after 2017, the year after he was offensive coordinator. Not a big, splashy move, but it's a move early on that I'm not mad at just because if you listen to Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy talk at their season-ending press conference, sure, they kind of committed to Shaheen at least being on the roster until training camp. However, both of them did say that they're going to explore all avenues when this tight end position and, and trying to fix it because they simply need more production from that. They got no production at all last season, not a single 100-yard receiver out of what felt like the 35,000 tight ends that played for the Bears last year. Now you enter Demetrius Harris. He's not a great pass-catching tight end, despite being 6'7 and being very athletic. He's actually got a basketball background and played at Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Didn't even play college football. He's primarily more of a blocking tight end. Um, he just served as that wide tight end for the Bears. Uh, personally, I like the move. I think... Um, it addresses a big need as a blocking tight end, and I think they're going to make a couple more moves. But what are your kind of your thoughts on the move that happened today? I mean, so I, you know, I really don't, I don't really expect much out of this move. I think like right now, what you're doing by signing Harris is kind of just taking a flyer on a guy because he was familiar with Nagy. I mean, he was he's been there. Harris was in. Kansas City in 2014 that's when he got there and Nagy got there like a year or two before I think the same year but like this is a good move because it's adding competition to a position that sorely lacked it and there are a couple free agents like I know JP Holtz is a free agent so you have to wonder if he's back or not if he's not back then Harris would probably tighten three on the roster I know Ben Broniker is a name to you know that's provided some decent plays over the last few years but nothing great so this Harris move just was just all about getting someone on the roster that had familiarity where because when you look at like Burton and Shaheen 
they did not have any familiarity with this offensive system, uh, but Harris provides that. Yeah, and with you know Burton being injured for most of the season, his two years here, he suffered a couple injuries. I think you got to get a guy in that you can kind of trust and is familiar with the offense. Um, you know, the writing is pretty much on the wall for Shaheen. He's pretty much going to be gone. I wouldn't be shocked if they moved on from him before training camp. Um, I know, you know, Ryan Pace did say he wants to give him a shot to win a roster spot, but Shaheen's just been a big disappointment, especially for a second-round pick. Um, you really can't count on him. And now you look at, okay, you have J.P. Holtz, who's a guy I, I thought had some good flashes last year. They used him as a running – or as a fullback, I'm sorry, as a fullback and a tight end, primarily blocking. He made a couple receptions. Um, but other than that, I mean, there was really no one. And, and Burton being hurt really damp, put a damper on the position. You're not going to go with someone like Eric Saubert. Ben Broniker is not a guy you can really rely on um, in the pass-catching department. So adding Harris now, I fully expect the Bears to go after a free agent tight end. I think they will be a player for Eric Ebron. Um, I could see him going after Austin Hooper and then Hunter Henry they should show interest in. And then, you know, I wouldn't even rule out also – taking a tight end in the draft now this might you know if they do sign eric ebron or someone like that in free agency they want the top three guys it kind of might have a ripple effect to what they do in the draft maybe they switch their strategy and go best player available no matter what with the two picks in the second round um i ideally before the signing i think you kind of go tight end in the second round with at least one of the picks however this might change things uh somewhat come march or come april i'm sorry yeah definitely i think and, uh, you know, I've explored a lot, a million different scenarios, too. So you're picking at 43 and 50 in round two. And I expect a couple of guys at tight end to be there, like Adam Trotman from Cincinnati, Bryson Hopkins from Purdue, Cole Kmet from Notre Dame. Those are just three of the guys that I would label as probably one, two, three in this tight end class right now. And so if you do, in fact, go ahead and you sign, you know, an Ebron or Hooper or Hunter Henry in free agency, then I think you can kind of hold off on drafting a tight end because they do have multiple day three picks. And so then that allows you to kind of take those second signing up uh, tight end free agency allows you to go ahead, take those two second rounders that you have and just shore up the other, you know, major uh, holes on this roster spot or major holes on the roster. Yeah. And, and you know, there are, this is a very deep tight end class. Um, it's one of the stronger ones in, in the past couple of years. You know, you listed off kind of the top guys there and commit Troutman, um, Pickney's up there and um, Hopkins as well. After that, I mean, there's some very interesting tight ends. That, like you said, you could find on maybe day three or maybe even, you know, use your uh, fourth-round comp pick on. I will be curious to see what the Bears do do in free agency, though, with the tight end position. Um, you and I have really talked about this a lot, but so I'll kind of put you on the spot right here. You know, going into free agency as it stands right now, who would you be your kind of top three and where would you rank them at? I mean, so yeah, top three, number one would be Hunter Henry. I know that some people do have the concerns of, well, he's got the ACL injury. I think that we've seen players with all the modern technology now just come back even better from major things like ACL tears. And number two for me would be Austin Hooper. And number three would be Eric Ebron. And then just in the event that you do the Bears, they miss out on some of those guys. I mean, there's going to be some interesting names like Nick Vanette's a guy I would not mind bringing in for competition. Um, 
you know, or someone like Jacob Hollister, who I believe is a restricted free agent. You could sign him off the Seahawks. Uh, you know, he was on the Seahawks practice squad, I believe. But he's an interesting name because every time I saw the Seahawks play in 2019, I was like, wow, Hollister's got tons of potential to actually be the best tight end on the Bears roster in 2019. Which is, yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, no discredit to Hollister, but geez, man, that – that tight end situation in with the Bears was not very good. And you look at me, you look at Harris's stats. He's kind of known as a, a run blocking, pass blocking type of tight end. 15 receptions, 149 yards, three touchdowns with a Cleveland offense that wasn't very good last year, had its problems. And he started the year behind David Njoku as well. And those 15 receptions and 149 yards would have been best than any Bears player on this roster. And I think there's even some situations you could take like Ben Bronicker and you could take Eric Sauber and um, someone like J.P. Holson combined all their stats. And Harris would still have better stats, which is just wild to me. But yeah, tight end position, something the Bears really, really, really need to fix. Um, I think they took a step forward in doing that. Today on Wednesday, um, and we'll see if they really do explore all avenues to kind of fix the situation because, to me, I know everyone wants to point the finger at the quarterback. That's fair. There is some criticism that Mitchell Trubisky does deserve. Offensive line needs to be fixed. Running backs need to be fixed. But, I mean, a tight end position's got to be 1A, 1B on your list of things to fix. It was just dismal last season. Speaking of quarterbacks, though, let's kind of get into some quarterback talk because there hasn't been really any official news on what's going to happen, but... Arguably the biggest rumor that we've heard over the past week, or actually a couple weeks now, is that um, the Oakland, I can't say Oakland anymore, it's, it's Las Vegas. you got to get used to saying Las Vegas now, which is kind of wild. The Las Vegas Raiders are gonna are set to make a pitch for um, Tom Brady. They, those reports are going to offer him like $60 million over two years. Um, and it looks like they're really going to pursue Brady. And if they do, however... Um, it will mean probably the end of Derek Carr in Las Vegas. And a team that kind of gets thrown around is the Bears that they could potentially trade for Carr. Um, I I imagine the Raiders are going to look for a first-round pick in return. If the Bears don't have to give up a first-round pick, that's even better. I like Carr's fit. Um, I don't know. Maybe what are your thoughts on Derek Carr? Uh, it, he would definitely be an upgrade over Trubisky. Now, I think that you know, he would be a massive upgrade because you've never really seen him carry a team. But you have seen him at least be serviceable. The deal with him has just always been this. is You just played on some really bad Raiders teams where they have not had a super well-built roster. Um, and as a result, it's kind of held him back. I think that he gets thrown around so much because his quarterback's coach, his rookie season in Oakland was... Or, Las Vegas now was John Filippo, who was hired by the Bears a couple weeks ago. And so from that standpoint, I think you need to go ahead. If the opportunity comes up to bring Carr in, you got to make the move because you could see a situation like Ryan Tannehill where Carr's got like a major career resurgence. Um, but overall, it's just this offseason is going to be about bringing in competition for Trubisky and you know, I don't want to get too much into Cam Newton because I don't think that that's going to happen. So Carr would seem like the best option for me. Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple names floated around. Obviously, Cam Newton, Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, even Tom Brazen floated around. I don't think Bridgewater is going to be in the Bears' price range. I think he's going to get anywhere from 20 to $30 million on average per year. 
And you just can't shell that type of money out for a quarterback like that. I think Carr is the better fit of the ones that have been mentioned. I'm kind of on the Carr train here if the Bears do decide to move on from Mitchell Trubisky and, and want to bring in a veteran, someone that can run the offense. I would just have a hard time kind of giving up a first-round pick, uh, maybe even multiple second-round picks. It's just going to depend on, on Las Vegas's asking price, and, and we don't know what that is now. Heck, I mean, there's got to be some dominoes to really fall in order for the Bears to land Carr. And the, I wrote on this, the biggest one is Tom Brady pretty much got to go to Las Vegas. I don't see the Raiders dumping Carr this season unless they can get Tom Brady, maybe someone like Cam Newton. Um, it just doesn't make sense for them to kind of restart it all over right away this season without a good quarterback behind Carr or someone to replace him. If they do land a good quarterback and they move on from Carr, that's the first step. The second step is the Bears are going to have to cut some more salary cap because Carr has kind of a big cap hit the next two years. He signed that long extension a couple of years back. He's getting paid. So that's the second hurdle. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think – the second hurdle is probably more realistic than the first. I just don't think Tom Brady is going to leave New England. And I don't think he's going to go to Las Vegas if he does. Could be wrong. Who knows? This could all be changed within the next two months. But um, another guy that's been kind of rumored and, and talked about in Chicago because he also has a connection with the Bears. Um, you said, why don't you kind of talk a little bit about um, this guy that we were talking about now? Uh, yes, yeah, so that would be Andy Dalton and Bill Lazar, so Lazar or Lazar, I'm not sure I used his name, but he was just hired as the Bears offensive coordinator a couple weeks ago, I think like a day before DeFilippo. And so he's an interesting name because you know, since everyone knows at this point, Cincinnati is going to go Joe Burrow at one. So if you're Andy Dalton, I mean, I don't think he's going to want to stay in Cincinnati and kind of have to be like a bridge quarterback or a mentor, especially with AJ Green's status. So up in the air, so he could basically go ahead and say, look, I want to demand my release. And then he gets his release. He'll be a free agent and you can bring him in. I think that granted, if you bring Dalton in, uh, he's going to be on the bench week one, but the question is who's going to be starting in like week seven, eight, nine for the Bears. And if Trubisky, you know, busts again, then it's going to be Dalton starting. And he could very well just need like a change of scenery to get his career back on track. Yeah, Dalton is another name that's been thrown out. I'm not really sold on him. He really doesn't do anything for me. I don't think it's an immediate upgrade over Trubisky. Sure, it's an upgrade, but like, does he push the needle that much farther for a Bears Super Bowl run? I mean, yeah, Trubisky was bad. I get it. I think it's time for the Bears to move on from that experiment and kind of get it over with. However, I just, I'm not so sold on Andy Dalton. And it's, for whatever reason, I, it just, he doesn't do much for me. So it's like, okay, um, why are you going to kind of bring in a guy that might, might be lateral to the move of Mitchell Trubisky? I'd rather take my chances on someone like Cam Newton or Derek Carr. Um, they're not going to send the money in Teddy Bridgewater. So, yeah, we'll see. It'll be an interesting um, next couple of weeks as free agency gets started on March seventh or 17th. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, I'm sure with the scouting combine next week, we'll hear some even more rumors about what teams are pursuing who, who might be on the trade block, who will be a free agent. I think we're going to get a real clear view of what's going to happen by the end of next week, um, which should be pretty damn exciting. 
Before we get into our scouting combine talk, though, um, we have a special interview. We were joined by um, NFL draft prospect and former Michigan State standout Kenny Walekis. He talked to me for about 10, 12 minutes about his pre-draft process. Some interesting stuff um, he had to say about the Senior Bowl and about the Bears. I think you're going to want to listen to this interview. Um, some very I won't give it away, but it says some, some very good words about the Chicago Bears. Before we get into the interview, though, we'll do our second ad read of the show, and we'll be right back to talk about the NFL Scouting Combine. The Old West is an iconic period of American history. I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. And now welcoming you into the Bear Report podcast, we are joined by NFL draft prospect Kenny Walekis of Michigan State. Kenny, thanks for taking the time to join us on the podcast. No problem. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah. So I know the NFL scouting combines a week away. Um, how's preparation been going through this pre-draft process? Uh, preparation's been going very well. Uh, I'm training back home in Grand Rapids, Michigan at uh, Power Stream Training Systems. Uh, got an apartment. I'm over here living by myself. So, you know, it's been going well. Uh, I put on about 10 pounds. I came in at – I started my training at 250. I'm at about 260 right now. And my uh, training – or my numbers have been going up steadily. Uh, I've been PRing each week. So, you know, I've been really happy with my training. You've had the whole season, and then you went to the Senior Bowl down in Mobile. But the scouting combine is really the big test. You know, you pretty much got the scouting combine left and then private workouts. What are you looking to show in your game, um, whether it's an individual drill or maybe even meeting with teams? Uh, what's most important for you going into this week into Indianapolis? Uh, yeah, just testing well, uh, you know, showing teams that I am athletic. Uh, you know, sometimes I feel like I fall under that stigma. Teams don't, uh, you know, realize how athletic I actually am. Um, I think I'm going to run faster in my 40 and my three cone than uh, people are expecting. How was that senior bowl experience? Uh, you know, it was a great experience. I got the opportunity to go down there and play against a bunch of the best and not only, you know, play against a bunch of the best, but, uh, you know, learn from some of the best too. You know, I like picking some of those guys' uh, brains. Obviously they're all at the top of their school. So, you know, just being around guys like that, uh, guys that have the same goals as me, guys that are motivated to, you know, be great and work hard, you know, that's a, just a good atmosphere, a fun environment. It's fun to be around those guys. I, I didn't really see any reports or anything. Uh, did you meet with any teams down there? And were any of those teams, was it the Chicago Bears at all? Uh, I did meet with uh, scout from the Chicago Bears. I mean, I met with pretty much every team. Uh, probably said met with 25 out of 32 teams, 26. But I did meet with a scout from the Chicago Bears. Awesome. And then, you know, as, as an edge rusher, defensive end here coming into this class, you know, if you were to be taken by a team, you know, like the Bears or a team with a really good defense, what do you think you could bring to the table right away? And how beneficial would it be for you to maybe learn from, you know, a guy like Cleo Mack or, you know, Leonard Floyd, Akeem Hicks, someone that's been a veteran on a defensive line? Yeah, honestly, it's funny. You know, one of my interviews down at the Senior Bowl, I think it was with a reporter from the Texans, I actually told them uh, the Bears is a place I'd like to play. Uh, you know, just the story defenses that the Chicago Bears have had uh, – 
you know, I would love to go play for Chicago in that city and be able to learn from guys, you know, like you said, Leonard Floyd, uh, Cleo Mack. I'm a big fan of Cleo Mack, uh, you know, how he plays, uh, with the physicality he plays with. You know, I'm a big fan of him. And, you know, to be able to go in there and play with those guys, you know, that'd be, uh, you know, I'd be excited to do that. And uh, I think I bring just, you know, energy, toughness, and tenacity. Uh, everything I do falls to the wall, full out. Uh, you know, I'm going to bring it each and every day. Uh, I'm going to bring toughness. I'm going to play physical with some tenacity. You know, that's just kind of what I feel like I bring to a team and a defense. I kind of bring an energy with me. So I've been doing some scouting reports. Uh, I've kind of looked over your stuff, your film. You're very interesting because I don't think a lot of people know. So you played rugby in high school? Yes, sir. Okay. And then how was your like recruitment um, with football and then in terms of rugby? Because I believe you walked on at Michigan State and then a couple years later, you're an All-American. Yeah, I didn't really have a lot of recruiting at all. Um, I didn't really go to many of those camps, uh, many camps at all, to be honest. I went to a small Division six, high, uh, small Division six high school, North Point Christian. Um, didn't talk to any Division one college coaches, honestly, until I talked to I talked to a recruiter from Minnesota. I was considering walking on there, and then I talked to Coach Staten from Michigan State, and uh, he showed my film to Coach D, and they gave me the opportunity to walk on to Michigan State. And you know, I haven't really looked back. Yeah, and then, you know, kind of wrapping up your, your Michigan State career, what was kind of like the highlight for you um, playing there in East Lansing? Um, that's a good question, honestly. It's a hard question. There's a, a lot of highlights. I uh, had a lot of good memories there. You know, um, going down as a sophomore and winning uh, in the big house in Ann Arbor, you know, that was a cool, that was a special moment. That was uh, our first big signature win, you know, with uh, my class. Uh, playing there, you know, with my buddies Joe Bocci, Raekwon, Mike, uh, David Dowell, you know, kind of the guys I played with my whole time there, Andrew Dowell, uh, Grayson Miller, those kind of guys. So, you know, my group, that was a fun win. And then, you know, I'd say being able to be a captain, that was a pretty cool honor to me, be a captain of the team and, uh, you know, have your brothers vote you as a captain and leader. Uh, I think that was something special to me. You know, there's a lot of talent in the Big Ten, and, you, you know, you guys also face some SEC schools, some ACC schools from time to time. Who's probably the best player that you went up against? Uh, I always say the best tackle is uh, Rashawn Slater, number 70 from Northwestern. He was someone that always gave me fits. But, uh, you know, I've faced a lot of good players. Uh, one of the best ones I always give credit to is uh, J.K. Dobbins. I had to tackle him three years ago, uh, three years in a row, and uh, he's a heck of a football player. Yeah, he was really fun to kind of watch there at Ohio State. How did rugby kind of help you, um, you know, with the game of football? Was there any similarities, or was it kind of just an adjustment you had to make? Did it, you know, kind of hurt your game a little bit? I think it's something that definitely helped my game. Uh, if you notice how I, uh, when I play, I rugby tackle a lot. Uh, I go for the the hips, the waist, roll, try to roll and bring them down. So I think it helped my tackling a lot. Uh, made me a lot more sure of a tackler. And uh, it, helped my, it helped my high school game a little more because I ran the ball in rugby and I, be, I was a running back in high school. So it helped me there. But, you know, I think it benefited me the most in tackling. I saw you attended a um, Von Miller's pass rush, uh, pass rush Summit. How was that kind of, you know, that experience for you and maybe getting to know Von a little more? And is there anyone maybe at the NFL level that you've talked to or kind of trained with in this pre-draft process? Hey, that was an opportunity of a lifetime, honestly. You know, uh, 
I'm forever grateful for Vaughn for allowing me to come out there. And that was just a really cool experience to go out and learn from, uh, you know, not only him, but like I said, the best of the best is what I like to learn from. And being able to be out there and learn from him, you know, Aaron Dowden was out there. Uh, Chuck Smith was out there who I trained with the week before. Demarcus Ware, Frank Clark. I mean, I could go on and on the list of great names, people that were out there. So to have that opportunity to go out there and link and learn with them, you know, that was outstanding. And then, you know, through the pre-draft process, I've just been, I've just been training back home at Power Strength. And then I worked with uh, – I've been working with Coach Nathan O'Neill out of South Florida. Uh, he's been helping me with my pass rush and getting ready for the combine drills. My final question before we let you go here, if you could tell NFL teams one reason why they should draft you come April, what is that? I think I talked about it uh, earlier, touched on it earlier when I talked about what I feel like I bring to a team. You know, I'm going to bring energy each and every day. I'm going to give you everything I got. And, uh, I'm going to play with that tenacity, that toughness, that nonstop motor. It's not only going to, you know, increase my play, but it's going to rub off on other guys and make them want to play harder as well. Kenny, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, good luck next week in Indianapolis. That's the first big test. Um, and uh, sounds like you're pretty prepared, prepared going into that. And then good luck at the uh, NFL draft in April. Yes, sir. Thank you for the call. It's a pleasure to talk to you. No problem. Thank you. And welcome back into the Bear Report podcast. That was our interview with NFL draft prospect and former MSU standout Kenny Walekis. Some good stuff there. I'm, I really hope you listened to that interview because he dropped a couple tidbits there about the Chicago Bears. And before we get into our NFL scouting combine talk, now's a good time to talk to you guys about Simply Safe. Every night, local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. The vast majority of the time, they have no idea whether the alarm is real, is there really a crime going on or not. All the com- all the alarm company can tell them is the motion sensor went off. Simply Safe home security is different. If you're like me and one of those guys who is hypersensitive to every single sound and is tired of having to sleep with a knife under your bed, Simply Safe is a solution. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to get the police an eyewitness account of the crime. There's no questions, anything, oh, is this real, is this fake? Um, police dispatch up to thir- 350 times faster for Simply Safe than a normal burglar alarm just because of that, which is very impressive. You get the comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry motion and glass break sensors guard inside. It's 24-7 monitoring by live security professionals. If you can set up your your system yourself, no tools needed, or Simply Safe can do it for you. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. The best part about this all, it's only 50 cents a day, no contract. You can cancel whenever. 50 cents is pretty cheap to keep you and your family safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash overtime. You'll receive free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You essentially have nothing to lose in this deal. It's great. Go now. Be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash overtime so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime. All right, you said uh, a little out of breath there from that ad read. However, let's get into some NFL Combine talk next week. It goes down in Indianapolis. I'll be there covering the event. Um, Usually a good time. Usually brings out a lot of news for the NFL draft cycle. We'll hear more about prospect visits, um, who who they've met with, get the test results. Um, This is a chance for NFL prospects to kind of raise their stock and for some, you know, unfortunately hurt their stock. What are some positions, maybe some players um, you kind of want to touch on that you're looking at in terms of the Chicago Bears? 
Uh, yeah, so I'm going to be looking to see how the interior offensive linemen perform just because you know you have that massive hole at right guard. I mean, everyone thought going in 2019 Kyle Long was going to be fully healthy just because last offseason was the first offseason that he didn't have surgery for a while, and then he gets hurt. Bars and Coward did not do much to really give any of us confidence that they could kind of be the guys for the future. So I'm going to be interested in seeing interior offensive linemen like Lloyd Cushenberry, uh, Matt Hennessy, even Cesar Ruiz. Those are three guys that I've got my eye on. And I think that they will be there when the Bears pick at 43. And so plethora of options to finally shore that right guard spot up for the future. Yeah, right guard's definitely going to be um, a position the Bears really need to shore up. Um, the offensive linemen will be on display at the Combine. And, you know, I, I think the Bears are going to have their eyes on some. I think that I could see them using a second-round pick on one of the guys on the, uh, in the interior offensive line at the Combine. Um, it's just going to depend on who, maybe who falls to them, um, stuff like that. But I, I would be I would be shocked if the Bears really didn't do their homework on um, – offensive linemen come next week. You know, a couple I've spotlighted in my articles, I think Damian Lewis from LSU is a standout um, guard, one of the best in the country. He had a good senior bowl, I thought. Um, One guy that I'm I'm kind of falling in love with in this draft, I think, I don't think he'll, I've seen him mocked as, you know, day three, anywhere day two to day three, but Calvin Throckmorton from Oregon, he did it all. For the Ducks. I mean, he started in, I think it was four different spots last season. He could play guard, he could play tackle, he can play center. Guy was all over the offensive line. Um, <clears throat> Trey Adams out of Washington is another tackle. Um, guy that, you know, played really well and, and it's potentially going to be a day three pick. Maybe, you know, the comp pick for Adrian Amos. He should be on the Bears' radar. And then just because Ryan Pace loves to pick a Georgia player every single year. I think Solomon Kinley from uh, Georgia guard is an interesting prospect. He is strong. The guy is built like a monster and he kind of has that certain nasty to him where he gets out to the second level and blocks and and you kind of want that in a guard. I like that because I think, you know, a player like Rashad Coward has showed that and he has it. He just hasn't shown it consistently. I think the offensive line would be very interesting. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, they, you're, you know, assuming like what we talked about the scenario earlier on in the show, just in terms of if they get one of those big three tight ends in free agency, that's going to free you up to find an offensive lineman with one of those two second round picks. And it's going to be crucial because the line as a whole just regressed so much in 2019. There were a couple, I know, questionable calls made on guys like Charles Leno Jr., James Daniels did not look like he was ready to be a full-time starter at center. He's still growing into the position, but I could definitely see them, the Bears, using 43 and 50. Let's just say they double up in the second round and go offensive linemen because you can never have too many good offensive linemen, especially with Bobby Massey uh, aging now. Yeah, I think the offensive line, you really got to sure up and you know, everyone wants to go interior. I think you got to find a right guard, um, whether they do that with the draft or free agency. Also, you got to find tackles for to kind of replace Charles Leno and Bobby Massey in the next two years. Uh, maybe kind of find a developmental guy. Uh, Niang out of TCU is an interesting prospect. He's been on a couple um, Bears writers' um, 
kind of radar. I've seen his name pop up a few times. Other than that, though, I, I think the quarterbacks are always intriguing. Um, you know, there's some very interesting prospects. I feel like, you know, for everyone, it's it's either you're on Jordan Love, you're on Jacob Eason, or you're on Jake Fromm. The Bears aren't getting Joe Burrow. They're not getting to a very, very long shot to get Justin Herbert unless he is that guy that falls. But, you know, if one of the three that I mentioned are there in with, you know, with the Bears' first pick in the second round – me, I tend to lean towards Easton. I think he has the better arm, the bigger arm. Um, when I first saw him at Georgia, he kind of reminded me of Matthew Stafford. And I think a lot of people would take Matthew Stafford um, on the Bears right now. Whether he turns into that, who knows? I think with Jake Fromm, his size kind of worries me a little bit. Um, and the type of offense he ran at Georgia, I think, kind of hindered him a little bit, held him back just a little bit. And um, with Jordan Love... It, I think he has a high ceiling. I just don't know if I could spend a second round pick on him. Yeah, so Jordan Love's interesting because when you watch him, you know, it just seems like he's a full year or two away from, you know, fulfilling his, like, full potential or just reaching his full potential. And the issue with that is this is a team, like, they don't have two years. I mean, the Super Bowl window is not as open as everyone thought it would be. But uh, it's still somewhat open. And so they're really going to have to find an impact guy. I think that, like we said, Trubisky's the starter going into 2020. And you're going to have to find competition for him. And even if it's a guy like Anthony Gordon, for example, out of Washington State, I believe, if they bring him in like the fifth round, let's say, I'd be okay with that. Because I think that he is going to be one of those guys that's going to really rise up boards this pre-draft process. Yeah, a lot of people are high on Anthony Gordon. I think he really helped his stock at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I know there's a couple of four members on the Bear Report that are, are really high on Anthony Gordon. I like what I saw. I think you could probably wait a little bit and get him a little later, however. Um, I just you know think with that second-round pick, I um, man, I'd have a hard time passing on Eason if he was there. If they want to wait, I wouldn't mind Anthony Gordon. I like your point on love. I actually saw a scouting report on him. Um, someone compared him to Patrick Mahomes, which is, I mean, that's huge. I, I admittedly, I've watched not as much of love as I have of someone like Eason or Fromm, even Herbert. I don't know if, if he's really going to be Patrick Mahomes or if he's got any Patrick Mahomes in him. We'll see. Uh, another interesting position I want to look at when the, um, scouting combine comes around. I think inside linebackers, one we should probably keep an eye on. Maybe not many are talking about. Essentially, the Bears are going to have a decision to make. They're going to have to pay either Danny Trevathan or Nick Kukowski and hope to retain Kevin Pierre-Lewis as their third. However, they should probably be looking at inside linebackers come this draft because it's a position you might have to reload in. Even if you sign, you know, if you go for Danny Trevathan, you know, maybe send him to a two-, three-year deal, you might want to have someone in the pipeline. After Roquan Smith and Trevathan and Kukowski, and, and um, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, there really wasn't much behind him. And you could say, well, that'd be your fifth-string guy. Yeah, but look how many injuries the Bears had on the linebacking core last season. And now, at least one of the guys, for sure, probably won't be back. Yeah, I totally agree. And so I think Kwiatkowski's going to get a big deal this offseason. Um, I think the best, you know, big splash move of the Bears offseason on defense is going to be bringing back Trevathan 
I mean, I know he's 30. His timing in Chicago has kind of been hindered with injuries and suspensions. But when he was fully healthy in 2018, he played at a high level. I mean, he's a quarterback for the defense. I know that at the Senior Bowl, the Bears had met with Appalachian State linebacker Akeem Davis Gaithier. He's certainly an interesting name to keep an eye on because if he is there, like in the third, the fourth round, let's say, then you have to pull the trigger because that would give you a future starter. Yeah, and you know he's a guy that not a lot of people hear about because he plays at Appalachian State. However, they played some big programs over the years. They played Georgia Tech. They beat North Carolina um, this year. They have a good football team, and, and he's pretty much the center of their defense. So he's a good player. He's a guy I definitely keep an eye on. Um, to kind of wrap things up here, you know, some other positions. I think the Bears got to get some speed at the wide receiver core. I think they're going to move on from Taylor Gabriel. They got to get some speed. Some wide receivers I've kind of looked at. I think Van Jefferson from Florida could be a steal late on day three. I think he could go out and have a big combine. It can improve his stock. Um, Jalen Rager from TCU is another prospect that's pretty interesting. I'm actually writing my scouting report on him right now. Other than that, I mean, looking at some edge guys, Josh Uche, um, you mentioned Akeem Davis Gather, um, and then the guy we just interviewed, uh, Kenny Wilkes there. So, yeah, we'll see how this goes, but I think, you know, it's going to be a very interesting combine for the Bears, a very important one for the Bears, and they should probably keep their eyes on a lot of prospects and do their homework, which I'm, I trust they will. And it's going to tell us a lot next week of, of where the Bears stand and kind of what they're thinking. Any other prospects or maybe positions you want to wrap up with for the combine? Uh, Not really, you know, but just addressing your point there about the wide receiver core, I mean – they, I think it's a you know foregone conclusion that the Bears can move on from Taylor Gabriel. That saves you four and a half million, and then after that, you're basically left with Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Javon Wims, and Riley Ridley. I know people will be like, yeah, Ridley and Wims have tons of potential, but like, let's be real, they did not like. I get Wims was like the MVP at training camp in 2019, um, but he just did not get tons of opportunities, which does kind of make me question, is the coaching staff really confident in him? I don't know, but you're still going to have to add someone, even though right now wide receiver is probably the strongest positional group on this offense. Yeah, and, and you know, they had, there are some concerns. I mean, I'm not very confident in Riley Ridley and Javon Wims moving forward. Um and, and like you said, they're going to have to probably, they're probably going to move on from Taylor Gabriel, which leaves Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson. I would like them to address the wide receiver position some way. Maybe Demarcus Robinson as a free agent. They're going to need to add some speed um, no matter what they do, whether it's to the draft or free agency. All right, let's wrap things up here. Uh, you say thank you for joining me. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Oh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Usaid Koshal, guys. Uh, you know, feel free to tweet at me. I'll always be willing to answer your questions or uh, just talk to me about anything. You can read his work on the Bear Report. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. You can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Bear Report Simple. Um, you can read both of our work there. We'll have plenty of draft stuff and more coverage coming, especially with the NFL Scouting Combine. Uh, next week in Indianapolis. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, all major podcasting platforms. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of the Bear Report Podcast. Until then, take care. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. 
the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.